Does truth exist? Because you have faith, does that make this book true? Does God exist? So when someone says there is no truth, if you apply the claim to itself, what should you say? Is that true? They don't think Christianity is true. They're talked out of it. You know why they're talked out of it? Because they've never been talked into it. Cross-examining skeptical and atheistic views. Welcome to Cross-Examine with Dr. Frank Turek. Blessings this Christmas, ladies and gentlemen. I want to go back to August of this year. I was in San Diego at a pastor's conference. Happened to be run by our friend Charlie Kirk, TPUSA Pastors Conference. And it, it was, uh, I think, the second or third day we were there. The first speaker in the morning got up on the platform and uh, he was really intriguing. And I texted my wife. I said, hey, uh, get in here. She was just outside the room. This guy's really good. And he had a, he had a dog named Scout. And this dog looked like a military service dog, a sort of a German Shepherd or similar breed. And the dog had a harness on him, a type of harness, and there were various patches on this dog. And a couple of them had a M16 rifle. Another one had a, a bullseye on it. And they both said pedophile hunter. So my wife and I were both were both intrigued. And we learned during this presentation that the man that owns Scout uses him to hunt down pedophiles and other bad guys, including ISIS. Yes, ISIS, the guys over there in Iraq and uh, Syria. Now, this man who's my guest today, I'll introduce him in just a minute. He's a former Marine and seventh degree black belt who's trained many world, ch uh, world champions in the martial arts. And he has a ministry that actually does something about sex trafficking. Ladies and gentlemen, how many, you hear people always talking about how they're fighting sex trafficking. And a lot of times I'm like, okay, I'm for that, but how do you actually do that? Well, my guest today and his team, they actually physically go rescue victims of sex traffickers all over the world, including nasty places like Iraq, Syria, North Africa, Cambodia, that one was just a month or two ago, and his mission is to identify, interrupt, and restore those affected by trauma, and you're not going to believe the kind of trauma that our guests today experienced growing up, so you need to pull up a chair right now, because this is going to be different than most of our shows. Most of our shows, you know, we're talking about evidence for the Christian faith, we're going, you know, the scripture is true, does God exist, all those things. Today, we're going to give you evidence that the Holy Spirit is alive and well, and he's at work today, and he can take people out of the most horrific circumstances to do great things. My guest today is Victor Marks, victormarks.com. If you're not driving, you might go there right now, victormarks.com. He's the owner of Scout. Victor, how's Scout doing, by the way? Scout's doing great. Uh, thanks for asking. And, uh, man, it's so good to be with you today, Frank. I you appreciate too, the opportunity. I'm excited because I'm excited about your ministry. There's a book out, out there actually called The Victor Mark Story that our listeners can get. If you go to YouTube, you can actually see The Victor Mark Story. Victor, let's start at the beginning. Before we get to what you're doing now, right? you actually came up in a very difficult situation. Tell us a little bit about your childhood. You know, I, I, I did, and, and I also understand that um, it's more common than people actually know. Mm. Um, and before I kind of share some of the things that I went through, I would just say this, all pain is relative. 
So whether you didn't have a dad in the house or you did, but ignored you or your parents broke, whatever it is, never minimize your own personal pain and experience because um, the pain is all relative. The consequences are different, I think. Uh, but I, I just, I hear so many people tell me wherever I travel and they're like, Hey, my story's not as bad as yours, but you know, I just mm -hmm. go, don't minimize what you went through for me. Uh, my dad didn't claim me as a kid when my mom was pregnant and, um, you know, she, she made bad choices. He did. Um, at one point he was a, actually a drug dealer and a pimp, which is, very interesting, the full circle of the work that God's called me to do. But there's a redemptive part um, that I'll tell folks about in a minute. But yeah, my, my mother was married six times. I went to 14 schools, 17 different houses. I was abused as a kid from uh, <clears throat> men entering a house and others. Um, and I was, I was tortured uh, electrically and through water dunking and sexually uh, to the point where I was left for dead at, at one point in a commercial cooler. Uh, all of this, you know, required 123 visits to a trauma specialist in like nine months. Hmm. So I've been on Depakote, Depakine, Prozac, Zoloft, Lithium, Buse Bar. Um, and uh, I would just say this. I thank God for soul surgeons, people who can really work on the the – you know, psychological aspect of trauma and abuse. Uh, I thank God for a wife who never gave up for, on me. And and we're celebrating 34 years this Saturday on the 10th, just in a couple of days. Um, and then I would say for those who've suffered and might even be triggered by the thought of stuff, uh, here's the main thing, just don't give up. Mm. Uh, I don't think there's any magic wands but you can certainly have, you know, the right tools uh, with the right mindset. And that's never give up on the process. It, do not make, a, you know, a, a decision that's final on temporary pain. Mm. And it always is. And and I thank God I'm, I'm long enough in the tooth now and seen enough to where, you know, my book has been written. Um and but there's other people in, in certain chapters of their story and it's not fully written yet. So do not give up whether you're a veteran. Uh, uh, it doesn't matter. Female, mom, older person, young person, a teenager, whether you're struggling with sexual identity, uh, whether you've been abused, just don't give up. And the greatest thing that ever happened to me was the, the power of God to arrest my, you know, uh, craziness, so to speak. And I say crazy with a K. And I'll tell people, <laughs> if you have crazy thoughts, it doesn't make you crazy. But for those who've suffered, a lot of times your thought processes are different. Mm. But uh, Jesus made us to heal. And I came to faith uh, in Christ as a Marine in 1986 and of all the things, Frank, it was through a letter through my biological dad who had, for all intents and purposes, abandoned us. And he he sent me this letter. I still have the letter. I'm in the Marine Corps, and he goes, hey, I, I've never really been a dad to you, dear son. You know, he calls me dear son, and it aggravated me. I was like, ah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, the night you got my mom pregnant, 
you shove rosary beads in her throat and put a pistol to her head. You know, don't don't call me your son. And um, he, he ended up saying, I know you think I'm crazy, because I did. He spent time in a mental hospital. Mm. The same mental hospital, my grandfather, his dad died, which I just figured, you know, we, we have a timeshare in it. And hmm. uh, it was through him saying, this time I'm crazy for Jesus Christ that Jesus touched his life and did something. And I remember I traveled to visit with him and he's a rough dude. You know, back in the day he was a bouncer for years and he was a professional fighter boxer. I'm like, well, um, uh, my grandfather was a pro boxer. My dad was a boxer and then bouncer and all that. But I, I, and a karate man of all things. But I remember something was different about him. That's what mm. struck me. Mm. I was like, there is a difference about you. And I want to, I'm interested to let people know how we went from that to actually him becoming the best man in my wedding. Wow. And God restoring and redeeming that. This is amazing, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to hear a lot more with Victor Marks. You need to go to victormarks.com. Also, check him out on YouTube because his story will be inspiring. No matter where you've been, no matter where you are now, no matter how much difficulty you've gone through in your life, no matter how much trauma you have, there is a way out. You don't want to make a permanent solution, as Victor just said, for temporary pain. There's a way out. We're going to show some of that way out right after the break. You're listening to I Don't Have Enough Faith to Be an Atheist with me, Frank Turk, on the American Family Radio Network. We're back in just two minutes, so don't go anywhere. Merry Christmas, everyone. If you're low on the FM dial looking for national public radio, go no further. We're actually going to tell you the truth here. I can guarantee you you're not going to hear this on NPR. You're listening. I don't have enough faith to be an atheist with me, Frank Turk. My guest, Victor Marks, who has an amazing ministry that actually physically rescues people from the sex traffic industry, and he does so much more. We're just... Catching up a little bit on his story before we get into the specifics. Now, before the break, Victor, you were talking about how your dad wrote you a letter. You hadn't seen this guy forever. I mean, he he left your mom when she was pregnant. You didn't even right. know him. He writes you right. a letter, dear son. That would annoy me too, right? Right. There was something different about him. How did he go from that to the best man in your wedding? Well, it, it was it was strange. The one thing I'll say is, although he was changed, he wasn't perfected. There was nothing perfected about him, but the direction of his life had changed. And um, Man, that's a key point. We need to marinate on that for a second. Yeah. A lot of people forget that. Oh, you become a Christian, you become... Per- no, you don't. You don't become perfect, man. That's sanctification. No. So you're saying his direction changed. He was still a sinner, but his attitude and outlook changed. His direction changed. It, it did. And I was... That's what caught my attention. Because I'm, I'm not really, I'm not super impressed with people that present perfection, mm-hmm. you know, because I'm like, yeah, yeah, now under the right stressors and the conditions, you know, you, you'll find out what you are not. Just like, just like you, uh, you know, being in the Navy, you saw people wash out. Mm-hmm. You saw people who had enthusiasm, but before they climb in a cockpit, you know, there's a whole lot of sanctification that has That's to go right. on. And no matter what people say, it's what they do that actually, uh, to me, qualifies them for their character. Mm-hmm. And um, 
I'm not impressed with, you know, I would say the majority of Christians uh, in, in that those who claim to be perfected and great and they're pretty self-righteous and they look down on people, it's like, hey, man, we're, uh, you know, I'm just one beggar telling another where to get the food. That's right. Uh, so I, I, I'll say this. The letter intrigued me because he talked about he came to faith in Jesus. He invited me to come visit him. So I went, and here's this guy, you know, he's inked up pretty good. He's, he's got these massive forms. His nose is flat from fighting. He's got a, you know, deep voice. Um, actually, I've kind of turned into him physically. <laughs> uh, it, 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 I'm sitting here looking at myself with the monitor going, I'm my oh, dad. my gosh. That's I've That's become right. him physically. <laughs> I see that my dad and myself too. My dad, right? Look like my dad. Jeez. You're like, holy yeah. smokes. Okay. <laughs> so, so he, you know, I'm looking at this guy who was a, who had been a drug dealer and a pimp, went the academia route because that's how he's going to clean up his life. He ended up testing um, a, the Sanford test, IQ test, uh, the Binet test at, at 185. He tested twice. They thought it was some freak accident. And he he had genius capacity, wow. but he walked in and through darkness. That's what kept him in bondage. Lies that he had believed about his past with a, a dad who abandoned him, and he was put in a boy's home. Uh but I saw something different. And the biggest thing for me, Frank, is my dad, he dabbled with the occult to the point where he became a warlock. And that's what made him, I think, so acutely aware of the battle between good and evil. He knew the power of evil, but he hadn't turned fully and surrendered to light to where God's power could infuse him and for what he was created to do. But he invited me to go to church as as a new Christian he was. I went. I don't even remember the, the message, right? Uh, I remember people singing earnestly to God. And my dad had, he invited a few of his fighters because he trained fighters. So there's a few knuckle draggers on the road with me. And I'll never forget, they were worshiping God like wholeheartedly. And I thought, whoa. Because, you know, I thought I was a Christian because I was American and Went to church every once in a while. And you weren't a Muslim? Yeah. Yeah, and I wasn't a Muslim, so uh-huh. certainly I'm a Christian. Mm-hmm. And I got convicted. I literally felt conviction. Not God wanting to pound me, but just this, like, Victor, you have done wrong. A lot of wrong has been done to you. And you've blamed a lot of people out of your pain and brokenness to justify stuff you've done wrong. I thank God I never abused kids or whatever, but I started on the drink and the drugs and the chasing them and literally started doing things that I hated and despised for my dad. Um, and yet God that day, June 22nd, 1986, and he, he touched me and, and I realized for the first time folks that I actually was loved. Mm. And I just, I want people to hear this. God loves you. And, and it's it's our wrong, and it's what we've done wrong that has separated, but that's why he came. And I realized that at that moment, truer as much as I'm standing, sitting here is, is the cross when he died on it, it was for me, if no one else. If no one else existed, and I felt that, and I felt his love, and I remember my eyes started leaking, and I was like, you, you better stop. 
stop this. You're a Marine. You got tattoos. This is embarrassing. <laughs> but something was happening. And then when the fella said, hey, if you need to get your business right, with God come down. I literally ran down to the altar because I didn't care. You know, I mean, I'm all in with my person. I ran, fell on my knees, and I'm just I'm bawling before God saying, forgive me. I'm sorry. And it was his love. And I'll never forget my dad came on the front row, and he's sitting there. An elder or one of the ushers came up to me, and I'm on my knees, you know, I'm a Marine. He put his hand on my shoulder, and when he did, it triggered me. Mm. I jumped up and I grabbed him and I said, touch me again. So help me out. I'll break your nose. <laughs> and, and the guy was like, Oh my gosh. My dad goes, Hey, uh, I know the boy. He'll hit you. <laughs> you ought to just leave him be. And, uh, and that was the day I got born again. And that was the day that my dad started growing, being sanctified in me to the point where we were able to develop a relationship, not as a father and son yet, but at two men in Christ. And um, he was my best man in the wedding. And then for the years that he remained on the earth, he was a pretty doggone good dad for an adult man who who needed guidance. And he'd always say, well, son, I ain't got great wisdom except through my failures. So I can tell you what not to do. Mm -hmm. So he's a humble man who served the Lord and then changed his address a number of years ago. And, and I thank God. And it's never too late to be a dad. I'll say that to men who struggle. It's, it's never too late to be a dad, um, even for your adult kids. Victor, uh, there are a lot of people dealing with trauma out there listening to us right now. Oh, yeah. Um, if they already are Christians, what do you recommend they do? How can they start to heal from trauma? And you, you had a lot of trauma in your life. In fact, I was watching one of your mo movies that you did called Triggered, which is a lot about PTSD, and your wife right. on there, Eileen, Yes. says that um, for a while, the the uh, psychiatrist who ever had you on a whole bunch of different drugs, and it oh, yeah. really wasn't working. They didn't deal with the trauma directly. They tried to mask it. Not saying that, that drugs good. aren't appropriate for some people. They may right. be. But right. what do you recommend people do? How do they break yeah, through? I mean, that's a great question. One, I think medications can be good in short term. Uh-huh. Um, but but not as a crutch to, for, I, I, I always think you have to, there's two things. I, I think you got to make sure there's not a demonic influence driving mm -hmm, a person. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But second, on the psychological level, you got to go to the root of the pain. I mean, why are you addicted? Why do you feel like you need a drink? Or for me, you know, it, my stuff kind of manifested through anger. You know, why are you always anger and wanting to smash people? And you get to the root and then you replace the lie that you believed regarding the trauma with the truth of who God is. Because I'll never forget, this was probably the biggest thing for me, Frank. For years and years, I just, in the back of my mind, and I didn't want to address it, you would learn all about how Jesus loves the little children, right? Mm -hmm. Of the world and the songs. And the, and I thought, I know that's true, but it, it, it couldn't be true for me. Because where was he? And I, I, one time in my life, I had the courage to say, Lord, I, I don't want to live in the false hope that, you know, your good, perfect plan. Were, I'm just going to ask you. And I was praying. I said, where were you? Where were you when I was getting mm, beat? Mm, mm. And I promise, I saw very clearly the room when I was laid out on the bed and my stepfather had a beard in his hand. He's beating me with this leather belt. And, um, and I saw Jesus appear 
And this is what was wild. How old were you at the time? Uh, at, at that time, I was probably eight. Wow. At the time of the abuse. Mm-hmm. And here I'm a man trying to figure all this out. And, and I, I saw myself. I'm laying on the bed. I see the room. I see my stepfather wrapping the belt, and I'm about to get beat. And then I saw, this is a vision and prayer. I saw Jesus appear. Mm. And, and instantly I had hope. Then instantly, right after that, I, I got mad thinking, so you were there, but you're just going to watch this? How, how sick is that? If you're God Almighty, you're going to just watch a kid get beat. I didn't, nothing I did deserve this. And then I was like, why don't you just touch his heart? Why don't you blow his heart out so he dies? But then that wouldn't have been the truth of what really happened. And then what happened next, it changed. I'm telling you, it started a healing process of me. I can't even fully communicate, but I saw Jesus step in front of my father, my stepdad. He turned, and Jesus kneeled down, and then he protected my body with his. Mm-hmm. Right at the moment as I started getting hit, and what I realized is that Jesus was not only there, but he was taking the beating with me mm. and for me, which is why I lived, because there were a number of times I, I certainly should have died. Wow. And the truth that changed my life was Jesus, you know, God doesn't cause evil upon children. Mm-mm. He allows men to make choices of doing good or evil. But what God will do, always and can, with anybody listening, he can redeem the evil that was meant for you by Satan and the devil. God can redeem even the worst. And we're going to see that he's done that in Victor's life to help other people who are traumatized by evil. That's what his whole ministry is about. We're going to talk more about that after the break. By the way, Victor, what you just reminded me of, Reminds me of what Paul is told by Jesus on the road to Damascus. Paul is struck down and Jesus says, why are you persecuting me? You know, but Paul hadn't, he hadn't persecuted Jesus. He was persecuting Christians. Exactly. Right. That's wow. When you persecute a Christian, you're persecuting Jesus. And that's what you saw visually when you were eight years old. We're going to come back with Victor Marks. You want to check out the website. And you're going to hear a lot more about how he goes and his team goes and rescues people in nasty places. So don't go anywhere. We're back in just two minutes. You're listening to I Don't Have Enough Faith to Be an Atheist with me, Frank Turek. Welcome back to I Don't Have Enough Faith to Be an Atheist. We got a couple of online courses coming up right after the new year. The Ethics of Abortion, Pro-Life Apologetics in an Uncertain Age. Scott Klusendorf is probably the best pro-life speaker and trainer in the United States, and he will be your instructor. It starts in mid-January. You need to go to crossexamine.org and click on online courses if the If the premium version isn't up yet, it'll be up in the next couple of days. And then on February 1st, we're going to have the great Stephen C. Meyer teach a course on his amazing book, Return of the God Hypothesis. That's going to be coming up soon. So keep an eye on that as well. Today, we're talking to Victor Marks, victormarks.com. 
And if you're just tuning in on the radio, you need to go and check out the I Don't Have Enough Faith to Be an Atheist podcast because you can't miss the first two segments of this show and just jump in right now and know what's going on. All right. You got to listen to the whole show. But Victor, we're going to pick it up right here. You went from an incredibly traumatic childhood that even involved sexual abuse to someone now who is actually going and rescuing people from that. How did you get into it and how do you do it now? Well, you know, it was a, it was a long process. People see what we do now. We're super effective. We're, our teams are locked on. We, um, as a matter of fact, in the last 24 hours, we captured two pedophiles, one in Cambodia and one here in the U.S. Uh, both was a sting operation on a task force and um just, I mean, just I got, got comms mm-hmm. uh, today on that. So the 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 process was, uh, you know, I had to be patient and allow a God to work in and through me to build me to a place where He wanted to use me. And I never looked back at my earlier days and despise it, uh, but I was just being faithful, walking with Him. We celebrate twenty years this next year at All Things Possible Ministries. And we started reaching kids who were incarcerated. That was our focus in the beginning. And we started hearing the stories of how many, especially the girls, how many were trafficked and Mm. abused. And it was a mind-blowing, horrific phenomena that uh, I didn't realize it was at the extent it was. And then years into this, we got an invitation when ISIS hit Iraq. uh, They came in through Syria. Uh, so many girls were captured, men were killed, just wholesale wickedness was happening. And we got an invitation to build out a team, go in there and help. The main mission was to help 30 girls who had been held captive, trauma relief and whatnot. So we put together a team. Uh, my wife was on it. I had a bunch of, you know, uh, low drag, high speed pipe hitters for security. We had to provide everything our own from comms to our QRF, and then we started going into areas that were absolutely uh, high threat. Uh, And where things changed for us, because we did find the girls, we did minister to them, we did help them with the psychological aspect, uh, is one of the girls my wife was tending to and developed this little relationship, she kept looking at my wife's watch, Mm -hmm. and she goes... My wife said, do you like my watch? She goes, yeah. My wife's like, would you like it? And she gave it to her. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I gave you that watch, honey. I mean, that was, I can go get the girl another one. She says, no, she likes mine, honey. Gave it to her. And then the girl, this is where it changed for us, said, I can tell you really care about us and our many sisters that are still being held captive. We're like, yeah. She, she pulls out of her back pocket an iPhone that she grabbed running out of the ISIS captivity house. Mm -hmm. And it was from an, uh, it was literally from one of the ISIS leaders. It was loaded with intelligence. Wow. And that led us to start understanding the depth of the problem. And we grew and grew and started developing teams who would come in and out where now we've been back 16 times to Iraq or Syria, including 
going into an ISIS confinement camp where there were over 70,000 women and children of ISIS and helping to facilitate certain things. So, yeah, whether it's recovery, rescue, trauma care, uh, just overseas, we've surpassed helping 45,000 women and children so far. And we actually still have a house. One of our teams just returned from a pump over there. And Eileen and I, uh, when we were there, a girl that had been held seven years, this is seven years from the initial invasion, she was captured 11, abused and trafficked within ISIS. Um, 48 hours after we were back in country, uh, she was in our safe house. And uh, her name is Rosa, and she's an amazing young gal. Big smile. She had a broken nose and a jacked up back. And I said, Rosa, why are you smiling? She goes, because I'm free. I'm mm. free. And I think once that happens, once you see the fruit of obeying and trusting God to move into an area, whether it's developing target packages or working with law enforcement or the, you know, having your own cowboy team to do certain things in, in different regions or places in the country or the world, it's, it's really, um, we're humbled and effective in what we do at a level of excellence that I would challenge any other organization that makes claims that do. Most of the time, we've just been quiet about it because uh, uh, we're still doing the work. Again, like last night, there's a sting operation in Kansas City that uh, we weighed in on and participated in a pedophile, a very bad guy with one of her children was captured. And then a guy we had been hunting and missed twice in the country of Cambodia, we got him today. Uh, so it, it, the problem's large, but I need people to understand who are watching. If they just go to our website, Victor Marks, with an X, victormarks.com, uh, they can start to see real-life cases of kids or women that are helped. Our follow-up, not only at the moment, but for years after, and how uh, effective we are. And you being a veteran like myself can appreciate our COO, his name is, he's a retired Lieutenant Colonel from Army Special Operations. His name is Jeff Teagues. And uh, Colonel Teagues made it all the way up into Delta as an operator and a troop commander. He has over a thousand missions within Delta itself, and he never lost a man. So his leadership in our operational arm uh, of of what we do, I, I can't, you know, I, I I really can't say enough about them and the teams that we've developed. Uh, it's it's a pretty amazing thing. So Victor, I know people are probably thinking, "Wow, it sounds just so practical what you do." But how does this integrate with? Uh, the United States military, if you're over, say, in Iraq or Syria, do they know you're going in kind of with them, uh, adjacent to them, uh, forward to them? How does that all work? That's that's a great question. Well, obviously, we have relationships, mm -hmm. but we do everything apart from. Mm -hmm. uh, we were embedded with Iraqis, you know, soldiers or the Peshmerga um, or, uh, you know, there's different groups. Now, we'll go into FOBs or uh, bases, and we'll speak on leadership or encourage the troops, but we neither get paid or supported by any of U.S. military activity. We're literally on our own. 
Now, in the beginning, they wanted to make sure and see we weren't going to interrupt their operations, which mm -hmm. some people have. There was a few yahoos that started getting out there in combat areas, and they had no business being there. Mm -hmm. uh, but because of our experience and professionalism, uh, we were able – it would be funny. We'd, we might be forward of a team, and or we might, you know, out of courtesy and the right thing to do, uh, relay intelligence that mattered – in um, changing the game and sometimes moving bad people off this earth. So, uh, again, I think we're, we're respected because of what we do. Now we're moving into this area of training uh, special task force in Iraq or Syria or other places we go on how to identify uh, traffickers, how to find girls that are missing, and how to do these rescue recoveries, and then, of course, the trauma care matters. And um, it's been amazing that this is kind of our uh, a new arm, actionable arm of what we're doing, um, and we're thankful for it. It's being really well-received. Yeah, it's, uh, some, it's a place you can go, ladies and gentlemen, uh, victormarks.com, and realize that any donations you give are actually going to do something practical. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. We're going to go get these girls out of here, right? Yeah. And yeah. there's videos on the website there. You know, at the end of the year, you've got to figure out who you're going to give to. I've mentioned that we have a $150,000 matching gift for crossexamine.org. But I consider ministries like what Victor's doing and other ministry friends of ours, we're all on the same team. So I wanted you Thank guys you. to know about what Victor's doing. And if you feel led to give to what he's doing, as, as I'm led to do as well, um, you need to go to victormarks.com and it's a 501c3, right? It mm -hmm. is. Yes. Okay. Thank you. We appreciate uh, that. Yeah. So, I mean, this is real stuff, ladies and gentlemen, I've, 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 I've been, I've noticed other organizations out there saying they fight sex trafficking. And I always wonder how they do that. Maybe, maybe they, maybe they do do it in legitimate ways, but this is, <laughs> this definitely is a legitimate way and a very practical way of doing it. So, Victor, you got people all over the world because right after August at that conference, and oh, by the way, I need to mention to you folks, ladies and gentlemen, um, TPUSA and TPUSA Faith is putting on a big conference uh, week after next. Actually, it starts on the 17th. So next week, actually, 17th of December yep. through the 21st. I'll be there. Victor will be there. If you want to oh, meet, yeah. Vi you want to meet Victor and his wife and Scout and maybe Reagan, their other dog, you need to come to the TPUSA AmFest. Just go to AmFest.com. And uh, there's a whole bunch of speakers there, too. People like Tucker Carlson and Greg Gutfield and uh, uh, Charlie Kirk. And a whole bunch of people will be there. Uh, but you can, I'll be there. Victor Marks will be there. Man, Eric Metaxas will be there. I'm just thinking people off the top of my head. Yeah. Um, uh, Kaylee McEnany will be there. There's going to be a whole group of people you're going to want to meet. People who are either conservatives and or Christians or both. Yep. So you need to go to AmFest.com. Again, it's next week in Phoenix, Arizona. There may be 10,000 people there, Victor. Have you heard? It's yeah, gonna be that they're big. expecting easy 10,000. Yeah. But yet, the way they set it up, and it's run so professionally, uh -huh. like we'll have a booth. We're going to have a huge booth. People can yeah. come by at any time and visit yeah. with us and, uh, yeah, meet the dogs and, and meet some of our team members. Yeah, you're going to want to do that. So if you're anywhere near Phoenix, Arizona, I'd like to see you there. I know Victor would as well. And you're going to love Scout and Reagan. <laughs> they, they are just, 
Scout went up against ISIS. They shot at Scout. And he's still alive, ladies and gentlemen. Much more with Victor Marks right after the break. You're listening to I Don't Have Enough Faith to Be an Atheist. With me, Frank Turk, on the American Family Radio Network. And we will have a midweek podcast. You're not going to hear this on radio. You want to hear more from Victor, you got to tune in on Tuesday for the midweek bonus podcast. All right, back in two minutes. Don't go anywhere. Ladies and gentlemen, if you want to learn more about, and you, you will in the new year, you ought to, you want to learn more about how to actually defend the Christian faith, we have online courses, but Southern Evangelical Seminary can actually give you a degree, and there's a new scholarship program there. There was a, a donor that wanted my name on the scholarship. I had nothing to do with it. He just said, put Frank's name on the scholarship. So it's on there over at SES. Dot edu. You can actually get a scholarship, 50% off of tuition if you qualify. So go to ses.edu forward slash Frank. You can see it there. Get a degree now. Start now. I started when I was 33 years old. So I'm 61 now. And uh, I started at 33. Best thing I ever did other than accepting the Lord, marrying my wife, was getting trained. And by the way, you might also have a heart for trying to turn back the evil of sex trafficking. And Victor, you got a course on that, don't you? Actually, on your website. Yeah, we sure do. To, to we, we want to help educate people the difference between what many know as uh, anti-sex trafficking and uh-huh. counter. So the anti kind of falls into making people aware. The counter is actually the boots on the ground, the operational side of it. And we have a couple of courses on our website. Go to Victor Marks. That's with an X dot com. And we have a number of courses on truly what counter-sex trafficking is and uh, how we target. And we can build people out on developing and understanding our, uh, on, you know, open source intelligence gathering, how to protect your family. And we have a course on leadership. And and these courses are taught by uh, our chief of operations, soon to be the president of the organization, Lieutenant Colonel Teagues, who retired from Delta. Mm. And and if you really want to get some of the best instruction and straight talk, uh, you, you can do it. And uh, we really encourage people. That's our pipeline. When people say, wow, I want to learn more, I want to help, we say, well, go here, start there. And then we do have a daily intelligence brief people can sign up for on our website where we're sending in their inbox every day uh, a synopsis of what's going on and analysis of the news and our take on it, and uh, it matters. By the way, friends, uh, parents, listen up right now, please, if you're a parent. Because I was listening to Victor, I was listening to your, you have a podcast as well. You yes. and your wife often do it. Eileen does it. And yeah. uh, Eileen is trained too. She, nobody wants oh, to take yeah. Eileen on, right? Oh, <laughs> okay. yeah. So uh, you were talking about, I think on one of your podcasts, about how parents can sometimes inadvertently allow a pedophile or a sex trafficker even into their home? How does that yeah. happen? Well, I'll, I'll tell you, we, we do not live in a day and age where you can just allow your kids to be with anyone anymore. When you and I grew up, oh, remember, we, I mean, oh, we yeah. had the little BB guns. Right, we, right. We, we could go play, just go. I would ride uh, my bike 10 miles away from yes. the house. Ten right. miles, yeah. Be in before dark, <laughs> yeah. And, you know, yeah. and and you probably get there because you're hungry, right? Uh, we live in such a sexualized, saturated, perverted culture mm-hmm. that 
When you say, oh, well, I'm going to have this babysitter or my kids are going to go over to this person's house because his friends, just their children. But what about an older kid? What about a teenager that's going to have a friend over? Uh, even if, if I can just get on my soapbox for one second. Yep, go. The amount of abuse that's happening within the Christian church, all churches, SBC just went through this major deal, and we've been yelling it from the rooftop, telling folks, look, like there was a sting recently that we were associated uh, our, um, with Homeland Security, and a pastor, a pastor drove up to a hotel in the church van expecting to have sex with a little kid. This was in Kansas City, I thought you said. This right? was in Kansas yeah, City. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, what in the world? So we would encourage any pastors or churches, organizations, and if you go to a church, encourage your church to not only do you know the background check, but that's only if there's been criminal activity. We believe the next level of redundancy and security for children within churches is a polygraph exam for anyone that wants to work with children or come on staff by virtue. And, and the reliability is in the 80s or else we wouldn't use it in the special operations community right. or the intelligence world. So, folks, you know, uh, can it be beat? Yes. But I'll tell you what. Uh, you beat one and then we'll post it online. It's mostly just hearsay. What I will say is I think pastors need to understand uh, what's going on and, and start thinking about this as a, as a new option to protect those children within their care. And what happens as well, because it happened to you personally, step-parents, oh, when yeah. they come into the home, how do you, or maybe not even Step parents, you know, the single mom brings the boyfriend home. Yep, absolutely. It's, I know it's scary to even think about this, ladies and gentlemen, but it needs to be said. You've well, seen I, this, Victor. You've seen this happen over and over again. Again and again and again and again and again and again. And I don't want to tell horror stories, mm -hmm. but it's more real than people can imagine. And although there are major conspiracy and high-profile cases uh, we tell people, don't get hooked into just looking at the Epstein Island because everything that happened there pales in comparison to the massive number of abuses that will happen tonight in the town you're in. Mm -hmm. And it could be uh, from a boyfriend, a stepfather, an uncle, a brother, a cousin, uh, and, and people worry about the kid being kidnapped and, and it can happen. But look at the, the dad that just killed his you know, seven-month-old toddler stabbed it and dismembered it. So I, I would say this, that moms, I'll put the weight of responsibility regarding this. You must know before you bring a man into your home, one, I would pray that you would do it in a way that I would honor God, mm -hmm. but you wouldn't bring a dude home. Because when I work with juvenile kids, some of the toughest gangbangers in our country, hardcore kids, when I say this, I wish everyone would follow God's command to wait for sex until they're married and it be between just one man and a woman for all of life. When mm -hmm. I tell them that, and I'm not saying to, divorce is a reasonable option in cases, it, God made it. So, mm -hmm. but if, if people would obey God's 
rule and command and law about sex. I said, it, our world would be better. And I'll never forget, Frank, a kid raised his hand. This was in L.A. County. Over 40,000 cases processed a year. And he goes, why would it be better? I said, because you'd have a dad at home. And your sister probably never been raped. And you wouldn't have to hear your mom bringing a dude home from a club or something and them in the back room. And all you want to do is go in the kitchen and grab a knife and stab him in his neck. And I've seen so many young men cry hot tears of anger because that has happened. And I will tell moms, do not let your loneliness put your children or even your own heart at risk. Do it God's way. There are men who are gentlemen who will wait for you, who will honor you and marry you. And um, it just happens far too often. And like one young man that wanted to date one of my daughters, um, she wanted to introduce him to me, and I went and met him. And he was actually, he had a military background. He was still serving. He was, he was an operator. And, and, you know, he stood up, shook my hand. I said, hey, so heard you answer to my daughter. He said, yeah, uh, yes, sir, a little bit. I said, great. Can I have your license and ID card so I can run a background check on you? Wow. He said, sure. Pulled it out. I snapshot both of them. I said, all right. I said, you ever do anything wrong? I know who you are. And I got skill sets to find you, mm. hurt your feelings. So I, I think I, I, I think we have to move to this place of um, not letting people become victims because of ignorance or you don't want to hurt somebody's feelings or whatever. Because, you know, the highest incident right now of increased looking, uh, individuals looking at child porn, it's men in their 20s. That's the current trend. Not, not the, there's still the old geezers or whatever, but I'm telling you, it's so important that people understand and not be, not be paranoid, just prepared and have boundaries, healthy boundaries. And, uh, you know, tell kids, no, you're not going over there to, you know, so-and-so's house. Cause I, I don't know what's going on or send two children away till they're old enough. We told our kids, you have to be old enough to be able to stand your ground against any attempt of abuse. And most of it happens mentally. You know. is, is there any way to brief your teenager to be on the alert for any of this, Victor, in a way that won't totally spook them out? Yeah, and and that's that's the challenge mm -hmm. uh, when a parent tries to, hey, listen, there's things out there. And we have a course online, and it's how to protect your family from predators and trafficking. And And I think it's reasonable for them to sit down and go through it. It's not hard, but it's very informative to make them go. And you just ask them a question, you know, what do you think? Mm. How does that? Or look up together, look up the child, uh, the sex registry offender in your area. You can do it with a Google search and find it. And, and then let them see how many registered sex offenders are in your area. Right. And they'll be like, oh, and just go, hey, this isn't to make you all spooked out. Just make you prepared so no one can take advantage of you. Ladies and gentlemen, if you want to support what Victor's doing, victormarks.com. Victormarks.com. Marks is with an X on the end. Victormarks.com. And there's testimonies up there. There's a lot more going on up there. What we're going to do, I wanted to get into a mission with Victor. We ran out of time here. We're going to do it on the Tuesday midweek podcast. We're going to go with Victor to Cambodia to find a pedophile on that podcast. You're not going to want to miss it. So if you're 
If you're listening on radio at the American Family Radio Network, that will not be broadcast. You need to find the I Don't Have Enough Faith to Be an Atheist podcast and listen to that come Tuesday. And we'll also talk a little bit about a mission he went on here in America uh, that actually had to do with a church. Victor, thanks for being on the show, brother. Thanks for the work you're doing. Appreciate it. Appreciate you, man. Look forward to next time. All right. That's Victor Marks, victormarks.com. Please help him out if you can. He's doing great work, friends. And we'll see you here on Tuesday. I'm Frank Turek. Crossexamine.org is our website. Crossexamine with a D on the end of it. Blessings this Christmas. See you Tuesday.